Hello, everyone. This is David Douthat. This is Molly Douthat. Welcome to More Than Hearing, a podcast to encourage preachers to use multiple intelligences in sermons and worship leadership because there are plenty of ways to reach someone's soul. Today's podcast will cover the lectionary selections for the second Sunday in Lent, year A. In Genesis, Abram is called to begin a journey. The psalmist lifts eyes to the hills and the Lord of heaven and earth. Paul reckons Abraham's faith as righteous in Romans, and in John, Nicodemus pays a late-night visit to Jesus. We have lots of movement in the readings, so let's get your sermon moving with some illustrations and special effects. We've established this podcast based on Dr. Howard Gardner's theory of multiple intelligences. Dr. Gardner suggests that there are multiple ways to learn, process, remember, and understand our world. Each week, we develop illustrations and special effects for the weekly readings of the Revised Common Lectionary. They use various smarts based on Dr. Gardner's identified intelligences. We call them word smart, eye smart, math smart, body smart, music smart, nature smart, people smart, and self smart. You can read more about Dr. Gardner's work by clicking on the link at the top of our webpage. As we read and reflect on the scripture passages for each week, we explore ways these intelligences can be utilized for a deeper appreciation of God's Word. Anytime and any way we can make use of the different smarts, we give people greater access to the Word of God so they can acquire it, process it, and internalize it in ways that make sense to them. Let's get started. Well, we're glad to have you here. Glad you found us or have been listening. And uh, uh, we are ready to just jump right in here. It is the second Sunday of Lent. So we're going to start with the Old Testament passage this week and uh, move our way through to the gospel just to switch things up a little bit. So the Old Testament lesson for year A, Lent 2, is Genesis 12, verses 1 through 4a. And this is the call of Abram. So this is where the the Lord shows up. It's the first time that the Lord is recorded as speaking to Abram. And he says, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation and I will bless you. And you probably know this, right? I'd like to think so. I hope And so Abram went, as the Lord told him, and he was 75 years old when he set out. So That always just boggles my mind. That actually is probably a good body smart. Well, it might be, yeah. Just now thought to me, being 75 (laughs) years old and walking to a new place. Yeah. Well, of course, his father lived to the age of 205. Oh, so he was just a kid. He was was a young man. (laughs) Huh. Yeah. They must have. Did they mark time I, differently? Not, you know, that's an eternal question. They must well, have, because I, I cannot know. imagine being seventy-five years old and setting out on foot through the desert. Yeah, except that that's what they did all the time. Well, yeah, I guess they were in better shape. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, here's the body smart d- uh, discussion <laughs> for you right then and there, which right we there. didn't do. Yeah. Ironically. So there. Yeah. There you go. What did we do? Well, we have uh, both illustrations in special effect for word smart and eye smart. We have illustrations in math and nature and people, and both for self smart. So, uh, you want to start us off with word? Sure. 
You will notice as you read this passage that the word bless or blessed is used five times in two sentences. So might be significant. Hmm. So I went to go, uh, I, I went and looked for why that might be significant, and I found an article that is archived at Brigham Young University about rhetoric. Uh, and in that particular article about rhetoric, uh, they said that repetition is a major rhetorical strategy for producing emphasis, clarity, ampl- amplification, or emotional effect. And for sure, it's being used for emphasis in this particular sentence. Um, it might be kind of interesting to explore how clarity, amplification, or emotional effect uh, might play into it, but... That's something you can do on your own if you want to. Mm-hmm. So for a special effect, uh, hold up a sign with the word bless or blessed every time the word or its variant is used. Your arms are going to get tired and you <laughs> might look like you're trying to fly. <laughs> flap, 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 flap. I get one of the youth. They're, yeah. they're young. They have strong arms. They're only 75. They right. can walk all that way. <laughs> For iSmart, remember when you had to find a place by following someone's spoken directions? <laughs> I You'd do. Turn left at the light, go about three miles past the old Johnson place, and then take a right and then a quick left until you see the Dairy Queen and then you're almost there. Yeah. Right? You're on your own at that point. Yeah. <laughs> so um, just calling to that to mind and, mm-hmm. you know, imagining – a- Abram setting out to go from Haran to Canaan. And uh, how am I getting there? Well, do you just keep, turn left and keep See going? See that rock? Yeah. Keep going. Yeah. Yeah. Um, then for special effects, see if you can verbally direct someone through your worship space. You may discover someone has an issue with left or right, and it might get worse if you're facing each other. So just see if you can talk them through, give them the the directions and see what happens. Yep. For MathSmart, we have a slightly dated article about the math of going viral. And the reason it's slightly dated is it uses size Gangnam style uh, video as as an uh, illustration, as an example. Um, Basically, the article gives a simple equation to figure the rate at which your audience is expanding with each new generation. And generation is uh, the next person who hears about this from you. If you remember those old Clairol herbal essence shampoos where someone says they used it and then they told two friends and they told two friends and so on and so on and so on. Um, So that's essentially what that is. Uh, So we're putting this here, this illustration here, because the blessing of Abram goes viral into all the families of Earth. There we go. Welcome to Earth. Yeah. For nature smart, Abram will only be a father of nations once he leaves his own father and leaves his father's house. So this is perhaps like male cubs leaving the pack or the pride in order to strike out on their own and uh, start a new family. Mm-hmm. We have a video link to a National Geographic um, presentation of three male lion cubs Uh, about three years old, who are being driven out of the pride because they've reached the age where it's time for them to be on their own. Yes, yes. So it's just a clip. I think there's a larger um, film about their their journey and how they uh, eventually wind up. Right, yeah. For people smart... 
there's kind of a, an element of bribing a toddler <laughs> in this. Uh, if you do X, I'll give you a cookie. <laughs> Which, you know, is a good, that's an excellent form of behavior modification of, you know, uh, food being a way of getting somebody to do something. But that's one of those behavior modification uh, uh, methods that you want to use in moderation. Yes, yes. It it gets a little out of hand after a while. Right. Uh, Well, Abram is not told in this promise to God that he will be a blessing. He's not told his life will be good or easy. He's only told he'll be blessed and he'll be a blessing. The details are left to be worked out. Mm-hmm. So that's um, um, th- that's an interesting uh, experience of being told, hey, do this thing. You're going to be a blessing if you do it. Okay. Yeah, well, those of us who are in ministry have probably had a similar experience. You know, this is something I am calling you to do. Yeah. It will be good. Yay, it's great. We're going to change the world. Wait, what? Yeah, it right. Me- wait. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I think most of us have had that experience. Exactly. Oh, yeah. I'm sitting here in my fifth meeting. I'm really changing uh, the world. Jeez. Yep. Anyway, anyway, going on to self-smart, if we're not there already, um, <laughs> we have an article from Michael Jackson, the Michael Jackson, not the not one, the you're, one thinking you're thinking of, of. Uh, writing at a plain account and uh, referring to the movies Field of Dreams and Moana uh, to catch a couple of generations worth of people here. <laughs> so... Uh, in each of these, there's a call that comes to the main character that comes unexpectedly and from outside themselves. And uh, the other part of it is that the call is not for them alone, but will be a means of blessing and to some extent salvation for many others. So take a look at that article. And uh, uh Then for special effect, invite your folks to try this homework assignment. This week, every time you head out from your house, remember the call of Abram to leave his homeland and his kin and follow where God would lead him. And try to do that second bit. Go out and follow where God is leading. Hmm. Think about your own commute, perhaps, as a call from God. It will, and what might happen is side trips. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. All right, let's go on. The psalm for year A, Lent 2, is Psalm 121. It is a song of ascents, and it is the assurance of God's protection. It's the one that begins, I lift my eyes to the hills, from where will my help come? My help comes from the Lord, who made heaven and earth. And then it goes on to talk about the um, uh, characteristics of this Lord who made heaven and earth. And uh, final verse, the Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time on and forevermore. Uh, We have one, two, three, four, five uh, of the intelligences that we're going to look at with this psalm. We're looking at an illustration from iSmart, an illustration from MathSmart, both for body, both for music, and both for nature. 
Um, I'm going to go ahead and start it off with iSmart because um, uh, an article that I read by Kelvin St. John that we have a link to uh, walks us to Jerusalem, which is a body smart element. And that played a lot into some of the stuff that I was doing, particularly music smart, because he's the one that mentioned that this psalm is sort of a call and response. And we'll get into that when we get to music. Um, But... uh, uh, if you could, you could take a look at that article. We'll have a link to it, and you can see some of the commentary that uh, Kelvin has on this passage, verses five and six. Um, the Lord, uh, the Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. Uh, solar shades would be a good thing to use as an illustration there. They help block sunlight. They reduce glare and heat while still allowing you to see outside. So that would be shades on your windows, not so much on your face. On your face, yeah, right. Although if you Google solar shades, you're likely to get the ones on your face first, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Similarly, in Math Smart, uh, same verses, same concept, uh, but going more with science and technology. Various spacecraft have had to make use of solar shields or solar shades to reduce the heating effects of sunlight, such as the uh, Skylab orbiting laboratory from the 1970s, uh, when it launched part of the uh, exterior of the body of the craft got ripped away and um, they were having trouble with heating, Hmm. overheating. And so on the second mission, they basically took an umbrella (laughs) (laughs) and stuck it outside and put it up. And uh, so we've got a link for that, and you you can see a picture of it. A parasol might be the better way to say it. And I think they referred to it as parasol, actually. And um, uh, the James Webb Space Telescope is designed with a five-layered Uh, solar shield Mm -hmm. it's an infrared telescope and so it needs to be cool so Mm -hmm. the heat uh, doesn't end up being noise Hmm. in the signal and uh, because infrared is heat right and so it has this very complicated and uh, uh, high-tech solar shield Mm -hmm. to block sunlight so Hmm. so there we have a link to that too. Also. Yes, and these are all at the worksheets, which are all at the website morethanhearing.org. We have to say that we're legally bound to say that every episode. I think. <laughs> well, yeah. Okay. No, not really. <laughs> <laughs> For Body Smart, um, again, see the iSmart uh, commentary above, um, where. Uh, Kelvin St. John actually literally walks you to Jerusalem as part of a, uh, a, a party of pilgrims uh, ascending the hills to, toward Jerusalem. Uh, but for body smart, we're also looking at verse the first part of verse 3, uh, he will not let your foot be moved. Uh, it's kind of like a, uh, the offensive line in uh, American football team protecting a quarterback or a kicker. You know, they arrange themselves in such a way that they, pre- they are supposed to present a line that, def- that uh, offensive um, uh, or, or that the defense can't get through. Okay, so yeah. it's an offensive line protecting the de- 
there, it's yeah. offensive line being defensive, <laughs> essentially. The best defense is a good, a good offense. offense. Right, the, yeah. yeah. Uh, so we have a, a, an article to uh, everything you ever want to know about a good offensive line and a picture of some guys lining up. Um, and it's also... Uh, very much like a goalkeeper for uh, football in the rest of the world. We know it as soccer. Being ever vigilant to protect the house. So there you go. Got some illustrations for Body Smart there. For a special effect, uh, we have a video about 24 minutes in length about three guys taking a hike from Jericho to Jerusalem through the wilderness and in this, you also get some nature smart elements because you get a real sense of the harshness of the landscape between Jericho and Jerusalem and the providence that is there, uh, the inner struggle they have in continuing when it's difficult and their joy when they finally see the end in sight. That's a little bit of self-smart. Uh, we put it here in body because of the strenuous walk that pushed at their physical limits. So you got to figure the people, when they saw the hills and they lifted their eyes to the hills, they were probably pretty jubilant that their ex- that this long walk, ha, there's the connection with the Genesis passage, had come mm. to an end. For Music Smart, this psalm, as we have mentioned a couple of times, as Molly has mentioned, uh, is something of a call and response. Uh, it, it is, I think this is the first of the psalms of ascents. So this is uh, the first of those pilgrim psalms for the uh, pilgrimage uh, uh, festivals. And um, so... W- you might you might have a leader of the group who's calling it out and would call out the first couple of lines and everybody else should probably know the rest or you teach them mm-hmm. as, as you go along and uh, so it's, it's a long walk you have a lot of time to learn it right exactly and uh, so for us it would sort of be like somebody starring we the, are the champions or we, clap ooh wow that was really loud yeah <laughs> yeah so stomp stomp. Which also happens in football games uh, mm-hmm. to tie into the and in cafeterias. Yeah, yes, mm-hmm. um, and so then the the leader would would do the verse, and everybody joins in on the chorus, uh-huh. and so that's kind of what you're, you you have going on here. Um, for special effect, you could do that and mm-hmm. maybe uh, adapt the psalm's lyrics to uh, to the queen song mm-hmm. that would be interesting uh, yes, if you could would. pull that off or just pick some sort of uh, a, an old school chant that uh, you know that, that cheerleaders might have done back when they did chants instead of just you know the the, the amazing uh, gymnastics that they do and such or like you might see at a political rally or mm-hmm. or something like that, you know. What do we want? Democracy. When do we want it? Now. now. You know, that sort of thing. So anyway, um, adopt your, your psalm here as a cheer. For nature smart, uh, the hills or mountains are considered liminal places where one type of geography meets and blends with another. The ground of our usual dwelling meets with the feet of the mountains whose tops meet with the air. 
Other liminal places are where the ground meets water. The transition between Owen element to the other makes for a thin place, a Celtic term, where we can experience the ways creation breaks through our ordinary lives. Uh, of course, uh, if you're talking about these these thin places or these liminal places as an illustration for uh, nature smart in this psalm, uh, the, the, the breaking through can also be a violent breakthrough as well, flooding, windstorms. Uh, that's the way the boundaries are crossed in really destructive ways. But the way that it's being, uh, the, those, that thin place, that liminal place is being approached in this psalm is with the place of wonder and joy at c- coming home. Uh, for a uh, special effect for Nature Smart, borrow some iSmart uh, elements here and display photographs of hills or other kinds of geography that draw the eye and makes one pause to give thanks, which is essentially what's happening in that first verse. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's go on. The New Testament lesson for year A, Lent 2, is Romans 4, verses 1 through 5 and 13 to 17. This is uh, Paul's working out of the grace given to Abram, Mm -hmm. Abraham, Mm -hmm. uh, connected with the story that we just did a little bit ago here, but looking at his whole experience basically and the ways in which he his faith was reckoned as righteousness right. and that in particular that it wasn't about the wages uh, for his actions but rather a gift based on his faith and just going through that in in a variety of of ways and constructions to show that yeah this is this is all this is how it works is you believe and you get God's grace that's that's it and it's not for what you have done or you get God's grace and you believe yeah right so it's a working through of all the logic of of uh grace versus works righteousness basically yep. so uh here here is the reformation in a couple of sentences <laughs> So, okay, we've got for you uh, math smart, body smart, music smart, and self smart, and a bunch of stuff for each of those. So let's, uh, let's go ahead and dive in, shall we? Okay, for math smart, um, work equals wages due, righteousness equals wages given. And we wondered, what would this look like if you were to put it into something vi- visual? So we came up, uh, or David came up, uh, I thought about using a formula, and David said, how about a flowchart? So he put together a flowchart of this, which is attached to the bottom of the worksheet. So when you download the worksheet, scroll down to the bottom of the page, and there you have it, a, a lovely example of a flowchart of works and of righteousness. Um, and grace, essentially. Yeah. Take and a then, look at it because I worked hard. He did. <laughs> there were lots of words. <laughs> uh, and also, um, I went and looked at Eugene Peterson's paraphrase of this of this passage. I tend to go to a paraphrase a lot 
uh, when it comes to Romans, because reading it in the NRSV is still following the original Greek, which gets kind of thick and sort of convoluted. So I like to go to something that's a little more vernacular. So Peterson's message, the message for me works that way. So this is a paraphrase of verse 14. Inheritance was based on God's decision to put everything together for him, which Abraham then entered when he believed. If those who get what God gives them only get it by doing everything they are told to do and filling out all the right forms properly signed, that eliminates personal trust completely and turns the promise into an ironclad contract. Mm. So that got me to thinking about contracts, which we put here in math because of the legal terms. So for Paul, relying on the law exclusively is void of relationship. It's a contract that legally binds, but holds no other connection between the party of the first part and the party of the second part. So instead, for Paul, Abraham relied on a promise, which is much more in line with a relationship and is more people smart. But I put this here in math smart because of the idea of contrasting between a contract and a promise. So the logic of the law and the right. contract and such. Right. Yep. For Body Smart, Peterson again says, God made something out of Abraham when he was a nobody, which reminded us of the old Charles Atlas advertisements. And we've used these before, I think. I think so. It's been a while. Uh, but in the same way, uh, Charles Atlas was a, a bodybuilder and was famous in the, I think, 60s? 50s, 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 60s for uh, for pushing these ads for his system of fitness, uh, which was, I think, isometric. Yeah, isometric. Mm -hmm. No weights, no diet. Right. Yeah. It's just pushing your muscles together, basically. And uh, uh, in in his advertisements, he would say, we'll make a man out of you, you know, out of a 98 pound weakling. In similar way, God made Abraham the progenitor of millions of people uh, out of, you know, a 75-year-old guy. Right? <laughs> uh, a similar sort of thing might be Captain America, the first Avenger, uh, the movie in particular. Uh, Steve Rogers goes through this sudden and dramatic change going from the 98-pound weakling, basically, to the buff and brawny superhero in a matter of moments uh, through no work or effort on his part. It's it all, all science. Yes, engineering. Yes, right. and, and comic book science. <laughs> uh, so becoming this thing greater than himself through no effort, mm -hmm. except trusting that it would work. Mm -hmm. uh, so then for special effect, you might invite a dancer or an athlete to talk about how they train to become what they are, and do they feel the results are theirs alone, or is there some benefit to others for their having done this work? Or do they feel like they have been led to become who they are through their, through their training process? Um, so that, that might be a way of, of connecting um, other humans with, with that kind of story. For Music Smart, we have four... Uh, anthem hymns, well, four hymns, uh, well, three hymns and a song. Let's put it that <laughs> way. Um, the first one, My Life Flows On, an endless song, which you might know better as How Can I Keep From Singing? 
the God of Abraham praise, which is awesome when you hear it on a pipe organ. And this is one that I don't know, but I think the lyrics are interesting. Not what these hands have done. Hmm. So go over, follow the link and go look at the lyrics. And then we found a song called Sisu Bambalela, which is uh, uh, Zulu, I believe, uh, for Never Give Up. We have an audio link for that one. For another illustration for Music Smart, think of this. What if God took someone with no musical training or practice and made that person a master of, say, the piano or the violin, asking only that the person believe it would happen? What might that person's reaction be? And what might be the reaction of those who have practiced for years to master their instrument? Hmm. A little bit of the conflict that Paul is addressing there. Indeed. For self-smart, invite your folks to consider this uh, or these questions. How do you receive gifts? What's that feel like in inside you when you receive a gift? Do you take it and put it aside to be opened later, or do you open it right away, or do you ask where it came from, or do you make a big deal over it and over the person who gave it to you? Are you embarrassed to receive it, especially if it's in public and you weren't expecting it? Or do you feel immediately put upon to reciprocate? How do you receive gifts and how do you then receive God's grace? And I remember at seminary thinking, uh, I was at lunch one day and somebody offered to take somebody else's tray up to the, to the line, uh, after they were done. And the person was very hesitant. So, no, 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 I can do it. Yeah, I should do that. And I, I was thinking, wow, if we can't even let, let somebody carry my lunch tray for yeah. me, how do I receive the grace of Christ? Hmm. So, Good story. Yeah. All right, let's go on. The gospel lesson for year A, Lent 2, is John chapter 3, verses 1 through 17. If you do not know these verses, you mm, have not mm, been reading your Bible. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> <laughs> this is Nicodemus' visit to Jesus at night and some confusing questions about being born again and um, uh, God loving the world. So... We're going to go on and talk about what we have found for these illustrations and special effects. We have an illustration for Word Smart. We have both for I Smart and Math Smart, and we have a special effect for People Smart. We haven't done Word Smart yet for this podcast, so this is kind of exciting for me. Uh, we're uh, starting off really at verse four where um, Nicodemus is so totally confused about being born anew. Um, uh, apparently there's some Greek challenges in here. The, mm-hmm. the phrase that is used, a lot of people have been uh, translating into English as born again, mm-hmm. which is what gets Nicodemus confused. But there's also born from above, mm-hmm. which is what the NRSV uses, which is why when Nicodemus gets confused in verse four, it seems a little jarring because right. who said anything about that? 
it's kind of like he's come with his own agenda and Jesus says one thing and he's just totally at sea. Anyway, he is totally at sea. So it's it's idiomatic somehow or yes. something or there's a field of meaning here. Right, right. And he takes it one way and Jesus meant it the other way. Exactly. Uh, in a commentary that I read on this one by Rhonda Crutcher at A Plain Account, she says, metaphors are confusing. Uh, the commentary uh, that she writes can can go into math, body, and people smart as well. So go read that and see what see what you glean from it. But for an illustration for word smart, we're looking at that idiom, that metaphor, and um, uh, sometimes idioms and metaphors are taken literally, which can be kind of problematic. And we have a video of such. So it's a video of a couple of guys who are acting out some common idioms as if they were real or literal. Mm -hmm. And you can find all sorts of videos like this on the YouTubes and and around. uh, And most of them are pretty lame. But, you know, it, uh, it gets the idea across. Yeah. And there was a whole series of children's books uh, about Amelia Bedelia, a woman who was very literal-minded, who could not, for the life of her, understand idioms like dressing the chicken. Right. Yes. Draw the drapes. Draw the drapes. Dust the living room. Right. Right, right. Things like that. Uh, And uh, we have a video of someone reading. Uh, reading some Amelia Bedelia. And we finally, for weird idioms, have a list of international idioms that really get lost in the translation. So when you take them literally from the other language that in which they originate into English, sound really weird because why would you have tomatoes on your eyes? Exactly. Or why would you pay the duck? Well, unless it's that duck ride, that that's that amphibious tour bus. Well, yeah, but I it's mean, you not. would pay the duck there. <laughs> you would, but Otherwise you get kicked that's, off. That's not what we're talking about. <laughs> uh, and for iSmart, we're kind of going on with that idea of um, idioms and things being lost in translation, or or trying to put all of of the gospel into a phrase. So we're going to start with the special effect. We're bringing in religious bumper stickers. Uh, do a little evaluation of them. Like, God is my co-pilot. So when you get raptured, who's driving the car? Yeah. <laughs> Won't uh, matter to you. Yeah. There, some it have, might. It, depends. it could know. be. Some of them might have some thought in them. Many are not. The point B, though, that trying to encapsulate the message of Jesus Christ in a short form is as likely to miss the point and cause confusion as it is to win any converts. And as an illustration for that, there's this classic joke of the police officer who pulled a woman over and uh, booked her for stealing a car because she had all of these advertisements on her vehicle that showed her to be a Christian, but she was not acting in a Christian way. Right. So we have a link to that joke. For MathSmart, a lot of people have a similar experience of mathematics as Nicodemus seems to have of Jesus' pronouncements here. Basically, what? <laughs> what does that even mean? How how can that be? This was me when I got into physics. Right. Yes. Yeah. What? How? So how? It usually happens around algebra. Oh, uh, algebra you know, was a snap. Ma- 
simple Once mathematics, it you know, puzzles. isn't that bad. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But when you get into word puzzle or word problems, that's where people start to get really confused. And so, <laughs> uh, we've for special effect, we've got some links to some classic algebra word problems. Um, and these are actual word problems. Now, you can get into the ones where people make up what they remember Just, the experience of word problems right. being, where right. it's, you it's know, absolute totally gibberish. Absurd. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that you could go that way as well. Mm-hmm. I loved word problems. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it was really cool to be able to reinterpret the word story in mathematical formula. Right. Yeah. And once you figure out it, as we said, it's just a puzzle, then mm-hmm. off you go. Mm-hmm. For people smart, you know, the the gospel is uh, rich and fairly complicated. And as we see, Paul spends so chapters trying to sort out the idea of grace. So mm-hmm. the idea that you might just be able to encapsulate it in a single phrase, uh, yeah, maybe, but it's it, a neat it little often, box if you're okay with cramming stuff back in all the time. Right, yeah. right. But there's there's so much to it that you really have to be able to unpack it. Mm-hmm. Um, so to and, and that's obviously kind of our bent for this. All that we're thinking about this here on this passage, which is so well known. Um, but got to thinking, what if Nicodemus met? The Rainbow Man, the guy who wore the rainbow wig and held up the John 316 sign at sporting events and stuff. Mm -hmm. You you might remember him from the 80s, Mm -hmm. 70s, 80s. I do. If you're old enough. If you're not, then we've got a link that tells his story. And uh, it ends up being a a fairly tragic story. I had no idea, but... um, so Stuart Rollin was his name, and he got the nickname uh, Rock and Rollin. Hmm. <laughs> he started off just trying to get attention and then had a conversion experience, and that's when he started doing the John 316 thing. And so I, I thought, what if Nicodemus met him, and what would their conversation be like? And so you could write a skit around that. And we started one and got it to a point where it kind of depends on what you're going to do with the sermon to, f- mm-hmm. to figure out where you want the skit to go. Yeah. So you can look at our starter. It's also on the worksheet at the website, morethanhearing.org. Um, and see where that goes, and then finish it out so that it would work with your own what you're planning sermon. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the story of the Rainbow Man goes on, and and um, he fell into some really bad theology, and thought that the world was going to end in 1992 or 96, uh, whenever it was, and whenever it was that it didn't. Yeah. And 92. became more and more desperate to get the word out. To, and he expected that if he held up his sign in enough places that there would be a revival that would happen and people would be saved from the coming apocalypse. And uh, it wasn't working. And he ended up committing crimes to get more attention. And it, it, he's, he's in jail now uh, for for doing some terrible things. Um, so that's not cool. And so you, you might be able to actually incorporate that into the sermon, I don't know, to uh, uh, 
talk beware about beware of beware of simple theology, theology mm-hmm. because it can get you way off the rails. Totally, and uh, you might end up acting in graceless ways. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's a cheery end to our podcast. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it is Lent. <laughs> True enough. <laughs> All right. Repent, ye sinners. We'll see you next week. Well, that's it for today's podcast. Please ask us questions or leave us a comment on our website, morethanhearing.org, or facebook.com slash morethanhearing, or send us a tweet at at morethanhearing, or email us at connect at morethanhearing.org. If you tried any of these suggestions or maybe got an idea that you like even better than ours, please let us know what you did and how it went. We'd love to hear how using this theory has made a difference in your preaching and worship. Remember to check out the show notes, worksheets, links, and resources at our website. They work together with the podcast and give you lots more material to work with. Don't forget to subscribe using the links on the website for iTunes or Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Android, Stitcher, Spotify, or good old RSS, or point your podcatching software at morethanhearing.org slash feed slash podcast. Help others find us more easily by writing a review at the iTunes store or any of these directories. And of course, you can share the show with your friends and colleagues. We'll be back with another episode next week. So in the meantime, stay subscribed and be smart. Good production. No, that's, that's. Am I fainting?